we are continuing in our series through the book of Colossians. So if you have a Bible, turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians 3, uh, verse 22, and we'll pick up there in a moment. Uh, As we near the end of the book of Colossians, uh, Paul gives direction as to um, how we are to live in light of everything that is true. Uh, Jesus is back from the dead. He is king over all creation. And when we come to him, uh, we are reborn. Uh, We ourselves become uh, new creations. The old has put to death. uh, The new has come. uh, And all by God's grace, we're adopted in, fully reconciled, given the righteousness of Jesus. Uh, Something at the very core of who we are uh, shifts and changes. Uh, Even if in the moment we give our lives to Jesus, maybe we don't feel particularly different. Uh, But it has changed and it begins to take root and become more and more evident uh, over time. We are reborn. And so now as we get to the the last verses in the letter, Paul turns the corner and he says, well, well, here's how you should live uh, in light of all of those things that are true. So out of those very real uh, sort of heavenly realities... Uh, then change the way that we approach everyday life. Uh, How should they affect marriage, if you're married? Uh, How do they affect parenting? Or as we'll talk about this morning, employment. Uh, Here is what Paul has to say about our work as followers of Jesus. Picking up in Colossians 3, verse 22. He says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you, and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that um, this would not just be uh, an, another Sunday, Lord. Just uh, Sometimes we can get stuck in ruts and repetitions, but Lord, your, uh, your word is living and active and dynamic and, and sharp and it changes us. Uh, if we let it. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come, uh, that you would uh, inhabit this time, that you would anoint this time. Uh, Lord, we uh, will spend the majority of our waking hours uh, engaged in our vocation, in our calling, working. Uh, Lord, I I pray that you would redeem that, that we would see uh, work in light of who you are uh, and what's true. Uh, We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The majority of our waking lives uh, will be spent doing one activity, and that is work. Uh, Your work, your calling, your vocation. Uh, And everyone uh, has one, has some sort of calling, some sort of vocation. Uh, Not everyone will be married. We'll talk about that uh, next Sunday. Uh, Paul talks about marriage in the same passage, uh, but not everyone will be married. Paul makes that clear. Some people are called to singleness. Uh, and that he also talks about uh, parenting. 
And the same is true there. Not everyone uh, will be a, a mom or a dad. Uh, but each and every person has a calling, has a, a vocation, a role to play in the creation story through the art of work. Uh, in fact, some of the most miserable people in the world uh, are actually those who have become so rich that they no longer have to work. And they retire early, which oddly enough is like kind of this new uh, sick version of the American dream. It's like just get a ton of money, retire early. But studies show they're some of the most miserable people. Tons of money, no obligation to work, and they're miserable. They're dissatisfied. They are restless because there's something in the human heart uh, that is meant to work, that is meant to apply ourselves to some sort of creative activity. It's in the heart of humanity. In fact, if you go all the way back to the beginning, page two of your Bibles, uh, God says this. He says, uh, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that. And then he reveals something uh, that is central uh, to the human purpose. Uh, so that, what? So that they may rule. Interesting. Uh, and that word ruling, so that they may rule, that sounds a bit odd to us. But essentially what Paul is saying is, hey, you are a kings and queens over creation. And now you are to take it somewhere. Uh, in fact, several verses later, it says that God uh, placed Adam in the Garden of Eden to, quote, work it and take care of it. This was central uh, to their purpose, uh, to the reason that God created them. It said that means you, you take it somewhere. I've started with the Garden of Eden, uh, but you are to take these raw uh, elements and potential that I've put into the earth, the ground, the plants, the animals, and, and take it all somewhere, cultivate it, uh, work it. Uh, and, and essentially, within that context, it meant they were to, through their work, they were to take the Garden of Eden and sort of extend it out over creation, to extend uh, God's rule and God's reign through their work. Uh, work isn't just some obnoxious thing that we have to do in order to survive. It's actually central to the human purpose. You might be miserable at your work right now, depending on what you do, but all evidence suggests that you will be miserable if you don't work, if you don't have a calling, a vocation, an outlet, uh, because it's central to what it means to be human. Uh, what does it mean to be human? What is the purpose of life? Well, of course, as followers of Jesus, we say that's centered around God, that's saturated with the gospel, but curiously, it involves work as well. It was central to humanity's purpose. Uh, the, is it any surprise then uh, that the gospel touches and transforms our work, our calling, our vocational experience? Uh, Paul makes it clear that the gospel changes everything. Uh, it transforms everything. It, it changes uh, our language and the way you spend money and the way that you think about sex and the way that you parent 
It, it changes everything in our lives. The gospel is meant to, to soak, saturate, uh, change those things. Um, and it affects the way you pray. It affects what you do in your free time. It affects the, what your entire life is oriented around. Should we be surprised then uh, that the gospel is meant to transform our work as well? Uh, the way that we are as employees and employers. We'll spend the majority of our lives doing this thing, our, our calling, our vocation, whether we get paid for that or not. And it would be a silly to assume that this thing that takes the lion's share of our lives uh, somehow has nothing to do with Jesus, who wants every square inch uh, of our lives. Uh, in reality, it has much to do with Jesus, and Paul wants us to see that. Uh, our work is a spiritual thing, not a secular thing. It, it is a kingdom thing, not just a necessary evil. Uh, now, if you know the story of Scripture, you know that after Adam and Eve sinned, uh, there came a curse, uh, and things uh, got very difficult, and one of the things that was cursed was the ground, was our work, was our relationship uh, to work. All of a sudden, uh, it changed from sort of this spirit-filled, uh, joy-imparting thing that we did with God uh, to, to this difficult thing. Uh, sweat and blood, thorns and thistles. Uh, work is now hard in, in the fallen world that we live in. It is not easy. And yet we see that when Jesus steps into the picture, uh, He comes to become a curse for us uh, and to begin blessing us right in the middle of this old, worn-out creation. So we start with the baseline assumption in a fallen world, work will be hard, it will be difficult, the entire world is groaning, waiting for new creation to come. Our work is part of that, that groaning. It's waiting to be fully redeemed. And yet Jesus has come in that pattern uh, to, to bless it, to bring his life, his substance, his redemption into this thing right here, right now, as we're waiting for true uh, liberation. Uh, so how are we to engage in work in the here and now? That becomes the question that Paul wants to address between Jesus' resurrection and our own. Uh, well, the Scriptures actually have a lot to say about that. The Scriptures have a lot to say about the way that we should work, the way that we should think about and approach work. And today's passage uh, is just one example. Uh, and by the way, uh, Paul, in the passage that we just read, he uses the language of slaves and masters but essentially this morning, I'll be translating that into the language of employees and employers. Uh, and the reason is that in the ancient Near East, granted there was a, a spectrum of experiences in terms of slaves and masters, uh, but sort of the, the mainstream experience of a slave and master in the ancient Near East, what Paul is addressing is, is more like employees and employers. Because of our nation's history, uh, we tend to hear slavery and instantly we go to the transatlantic slave trade and all of the horrors that went along with that and we, and we populate our minds with those images. Ah, that's what it means to be a slave and a master. How could we think of any other framework? But in the ancient Near East, it wasn't like that. 
In fact, there were provisions in the ancient Near East that said, hey, after your service term is up with a family, you can stay on if you want to and keep serving the family. And there were actually provisions that would let you become part of the family. So it was this very close sort of familiar. In, in many cases, they said, I want to be here. I want to be part of this family. I want to continue in this work calling vocation. So very different uh, than what we experienced as a nation uh, through the transatlantic slave trade. So what I'll be doing, uh, if we want get, to really get after the message that Charles Paul is trying to impart, we kind of need to translate that language a bit. So I'll be using the language of employee and employer, but that's the backstory as to how I'm making that jump. Uh, so uh, we'll be talking about employees and employers uh, so that we don't get distracted. And, and this is Paul's advice for sort of new creation employees and employers. Now that everything has changed in Christ, um, think about this. He says to the employers, he said, uh, provide your employees, essentially, with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. In other words, if you are an employer, if you're on uh, the power side of that relationship, he says, give your employees what is right. If you're, if you're one of the master's of this world, if you're an employer, if you're a CEO, he says, be humble. Remember that no matter what label the world applies to you, that no matter how much power it says you have, you are a servant of Jesus. You, you should humble yourself under his uh, power and authority. Uh, elsewhere, Paul says this, he says, command those who are rich in this present world these are often uh, the masters, the CEOs, the employers of the world. It says, command them not to be arrogant. There it is again, arrogance versus humility. Nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. So in other words, he's saying to, to the employers, to the rich, to the powerful, to the masters, hey, don't be arrogant. Uh, but as a privileged person in this life, in full view of your heavenly Father and the age to come, uh, do what is right. Don't be deceived by all the wealth and status and power. Don't put your trust in those things, but be humble. Remember that you are a servant of Jesus. Take that posture. Uh, again, Paul says in another letter, he says, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. I love that. He's saying, those of you who are servants in the room, lift your heads up. Take pride in your high position." Remember who you are in Christ. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. It blossom, its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. And, and I love uh, what he's doing there, speaking to, to both groups. Um, because he's saying to the poor, to the servants of the world, lift up your heads. You are sons and daughters of the king. Don't, don't let anyone put you down in the truest sense of the word. Remember what a high position Jesus has set you in. You are exalted. You're already seated with him. 
in heavenly places. And then in the same breath, he says to the wealthy, to the masters of the world, take pride in your humiliation before Jesus. Be humble. Remember that you are servants of God and that all that you've been entrusted with is is very temporary and it's passing away. Uh, I think the the most uh, striking example for me personally of, of the way the Bible speaks to these two groups of people is the parable that Jesus tells uh, about the rich man and Lazarus. Some of you have heard this parable before, uh, but for those who haven't, there's, there's this poor beggar at the gate of a rich man, and he just wants like scraps from the table, um, and, he, and he's in a really desperate state, but the rich man essentially ignores him, exercises his, his pride, uh, his privilege, and, and won't even give him the crumbs off of his table. Um, and, and he's essentially saying, I'm the important one, and you are not. I'm in charge, you are not. And then they both die, and we get this glimpse behind the scenes where the poor man outside the gate is exalted uh, with Abraham in this heavenly place, uh, and, and the rich man is thrown down uh, into this place of torment. And yet, even as he's there uh, in the parable, they can see each other. They can communicate across uh, this, this chasm that separates them. And, and the rich man still doesn't get it. Like he sees the poor man up there and he starts bossing him around. He's like, tell that guy to go get me some water. Tell that guy to go do what I'm going to tell him to do. And, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works anymore. Like you've passed through that time, that temporary time of privilege. Uh, and, and now you have to live with the consequences. He still doesn't get it. He's speaking to those people, to the masters of the world who had an opportunity to bless, to do what was right, and passed it by. Uh, The masters of the world shouldn't trust in their wealth and their privilege. Uh, Instead, they should humble themselves and look after those under their care. There's another verse of Scripture that says, uh, speaking to masters, it says, be devoted to the welfare of your slaves or employees. Be devoted to that. Like, make that part of your calling and vocation. The people under my employment will be fed, will be clothed, will be well compensated, will be freed. They, they, they will have the ability to provide for themselves. Provide for them what is right and fair because you have a master in heaven who has provided you with everything that you have. And so all of these um, messages and the letters, the parables that Jesus is telling, he's basically saying to the employers, to the masters, hey, wake up. Like, don't wait till the rich man and Lazarus situation. Like, wake up, be alerted to what is coming now, and then live in light of that. How do you want to treat your employees, people in your care, people in your supply chain, if you have control over that? Uh, Today, we have uh, tens of millions of slaves in the supply chain of of um, of a lot of our clothing and manufacturing and the stuff that we buy. Same principles apply. Hey, who, are, you, are you making sure they're provided with living wages and the things that they need? Because we're going to stand before God. And, and that's one of the things he's going to assess. Hey, as employers, as masters, as people who had a choice where to buy their products and how much to pay the people under their care, what did you do? Did, did you act like your father in heaven? Did you live in light of who he is? Did you reflect his character? He's pouring out his blessing on you. He provides everything richly for your benefit. And then he says, well, but I also want you to do the same. Like, do the same with the people that are under your care, whoever that is. Uh, and, and then he also addresses the other side. 
He says, as for the slaves, the servants, the employees of the world, he says, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and with reverence for the Lord. In other words, he's saying, hey, do the right thing all the time. Whether people are watching you or they're not watching you. Don't brown nose. Don't try to impress. Don't try to manipulate. When no one is watching, rather, act as if people are watching. Bring uh, the, the integrity that comes with Jesus in the kingdom to your job. Doing the right thing even when no one can see you. Uh, act in line with the righteousness that He's given you. Just as a gift, He says, here's the righteousness of Christ. I give it to you. It's in you now. now just, but now you need to go and just act in line with that as an employee. Do the thing that's in line with your new creation nature uh, regardless of who is watching or who is not watching. Don't cut corners. Don't cheat. Don't manipulate. Think about what you're doing behind the scenes. Not because we're under law, but because we now want to act in line with our new creation nature. What does it look like for the kingdom to be breaking out in your workplace? Some of it has to do with, with how you act when no one's watching. Honor your employer. Honor the work that God has given you to do. So he starts with that as sort of this, this baseline thing. Uh, and then he delivers what I believe is one of the most stunning realities cover to cover in Scripture when it comes to our work. He says this, he says, whatever you do, whatever you do, changing diapers, selling insurance, teaching in a classroom, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And I think if we can grasp this portion of it, if we can really let this uh, sink into our hearts, it changes everything. It, it transforms the days, the hours, the decades worth of time that you will spend at work. In the eyes of the world, uh, you're serving your boss. You're serving your students or your patients at the hospital or whatever it is. Uh, the scriptures say it's deeper than that. That's surface level. That's what the world sees. He says, you're not just serving people to get a paycheck, that you're actually serving Jesus. It, it is the Lord Christ you are serving, and you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward for the work that you do. We think we're serving human masters or human patients in order to get an earthly paycheck. Paul says, no, 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 no. It's, it's way deeper than that. That, that, is, that is surface level. Uh, that's not the deepest reality. He says, in reality, in the kingdom, if you've given your life to Jesus, then in your work, curiously, you're now actually serving Him and you're doing it for an eternal inheritance. It's not earthly master, earthly paycheck. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's way past that. It is a deeply spiritual act to engage in your vocation now. It says now you're doing it to serve Jesus, not human masters, and you're not doing it for a paycheck that, that comes every couple of weeks. No, 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 that's not actually... Actually, you're going to get something way better than that. If you, if you work 
in light to serve Jesus and, and you work in the way of the kingdom, you will receive an eternal reward, an eternal inheritance for the work that you do, for the way that you worked. And this, this has to shift, this has to change the way we think about our work. You are not just working for a, pay, for a paycheck. You're not just working for, for the weekend. You're, you're working for something much deeper than that, much more enduring than that. We're working for Him, Paul says. He's the one that we serve. He's the one who is going to compensate us for our kingdom-centered work that we do. He's going to reward us for the work that we've done, for teaching, for the way that we serve our patients, for the way, if you're a stay-at-home mom, for the way that you raise and serve your kids. You will receive an eternal reward for the way that you go about those things. If you wake up to that reality, it will change the way that you work. When you wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning, Monday morning, to the sound of an alarm clock or a baby screaming, I want you to remember this. Uh, it's the Lord Christ you are serving. He's the one that, that, that I'm working for. He's the one who will pay me, who will reward me for the work that I'm doing today. Lord, I want to do this with all of my heart today. I want to do this with, with passion, with zeal, in full view of who you are. In, in full view of the inheritance that you offer. Lord, may I work today not for human masters, but for you. And you can have hard work and a nasty boss and low pay in the earthly sense. But watch what happens as you step into this. Watch what happens as you go into work with this attitude. I'm not here to serve earthly masters. Not truly. I'm here to serve Jesus. I'm here to earn an eternal inheritance in the kingdom of God. And, and watch the way that shifts, changes the atmosphere of that place. Let's pray. Thank you.